Consistent self-improvement, everybody. You are now listening to American Gypsy Podcast. I am your host, Classic, and I am here with my co-host. Gypsy, and today we have Anna Lanier. She is a life strategist, public speaker, family relationship mentor, and anti-depression expert who gives teens, who guides teens and adults to build strong family bonds. Welcome to the podcast, Anna. Welcome. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure having you. So to get started, I like to ask, could you tell us a little bit about your accent, where you're from, and you know where you are now? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm born in Eastern Europe. Um, Eastern Europe over forty years ago, which was um, a country prone to depression. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody was in some kind of suffering and some kind of depression there, right? And. Um, we, uh, as children, we understood that this is the way we're supposed to live. We thought that life is pain and suffering. And I see a lot of even kids and adults thinking the same way today. So when you believe such a thing that there is no other way except to just like bulldozer in life and to you know, face hardships and challenges and just try to keep your sanity as much as possible. But when you understand that you're going to be heartbroken and in pain and in suffering, you don't have too much to live for. And sometimes, you know, you end up depressed and sometimes you end up suicidal. And um, this is the type of life that I lived, unfortunately, and many people still do. So now when I tell them that I am just a suicidal girl from Romania who became a life strategist and takes people out of depression and builds extraordinary family relationships, everybody says, how did you do it? <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. Would you like to share with us a little bit of how you, um, your trip from Romania or your transformation from Romania to where you are now in the States? So depression is not linked to, um, how should I say, um, countries, right? I mean, we have plenty of people depressed here, right? Yes. It's, it's not linked to social class. It's not linked to sex. It's not linked to your age, right? So a lot of people get, you know, depressed at different stages in life. And yes, I was a depressed child, a young adult in Romania, and I was a depressed adult and a depressed parent with a depressed child here in the United States, right? Until I understood that there are other ways out. Until I understood that it was me who was playing the wrong game. You see, I knew everything about suffering. Everything you can imagine about suffering. I knew everything about what doesn't work to get out of suffering. I went to university to study psychology, to get myself fixed and stuff like that. Nothing worked, right? So I knew everything that doesn't work. What I did not know, what nobody laid out for me, is what it truly works. And it took me about 27 years of my life to figure it out that, you know, I was playing a game in pain and suffering that I don't deserve, that I'm smart enough, that I'm brave enough to get out of that three-generational suffering mode of depression, right? And to have the courage 
to say enough is enough. I am sick and tired of being hurt. I'm sick and tired of having insomnia, of having back pain, two hernias of disc, of being overweight, of having all kind of diseases by the age of 38 that everybody's dying from. I'm like, I'm just 38, right? So I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And now I am willing to take a leap of faith and find a different way. And within seven months, I found a different way. And today, I teach people the way. Okay. I, I know you mentioned you were trained as a psychologist, um, but I also heard you mention it doesn't, therapy doesn't um, always work. So can you speak to that a little bit, uh, what you feel like is missing? So when you're going to a therapist or a doctor, you are expecting, usually the therapist, you're expecting to go to complaining department. This is how I call it, right? You go and complain and you tell your story. And what most people don't understand is that your story cannot change. Okay? I cannot change what happened to you in childhood. I cannot change the fact that, you know, husband or your wife left you or cheated on you. Okay, that's in a matter of the past. I, there is no control that anybody has over that, right? So you're going and you're going like complaining mode, right? Just like, oh, you know, I just want to tell you my story. In my approach, I don't need to know your story. Mm. I want to know if you are willing to live a different life where I give you the formula. I don't care about what happened to you. I'm sure that horrible things happened to you. But the truth is, I cannot fix it. You cannot fix it. Nobody can fix it. Do you want to live a different life from now on? If you have heartbroken, if you've been divorced, do you want to find the right partner? Do you want to be loved and respected in your next relationship? Okay. If you have a child in depression, do you want to get your kid out of depression? Right? So I cannot fix your past. Your stories don't compute. You're going to therapy for the last 12 years probably, and it's still not going to fix anything. Can you make a commitment to take action to from now on to change your own life? I will give you the tools. You have to change your life because it's yours. It's nobody else's, right? Mm -hmm. So this is why my approach is different, and you'll be surprised. We have a lot of nurses and therapists as clients. Okay. So what are some ways that um, you can overcome depression? So the first thing, we're trying to prevent it. Because once you get to the overcoming thing, how should I say? You have tried a lot of things, the conventional ways of everybody, you know, going to therapy, taking your meds, and it so doesn't work. And you kind of lost hope of what does right so our purpose is like if you get to that to that level yes it's a different ball game okay because you know the game of suffering and there is a bridge that you need to cross from suffering to happiness and then there is another game of happiness which you've never seen and you might think it's some kind of dreamland but it exists but what we concentrate on is trying to stop people from getting there to the depression part right so we have strategies and techniques to help people prevent depression 
And the first thing that we do, we teach them relationships and we're building amazing family relationships because you will be surprised that every depression starts with failures in a relationship, in your family, in your household, with your kids, with your parents, all of it starts from not being understood in your family. Okay. And I guess for parents or for any family member, like what are some early warning signs you can watch out for um, that your kids is depressed or even suicidal? So when you're going to the kids depressed and suicidal, the first, the first thing that happens a lot of times is the child becomes angry, anxious, or disobedient. And this is their way of saying, I feel pain and I don't know how to get rid of it. And you are not helping me, mom, dad. Okay, this is not a way of going against the parents or against the society or being the puberty thing. It's a way of expressing that they have a tremendous amount of pain and they don't get the help they need to get rid of it. Now, this is the perfect time to interfere. Why? Because now you know how they think and what they want. They don't want to stay in pain. So now if we can change it all. And if we change it now, it takes about six weeks and everything is fine. If we ignore it and they go into the withdrawal mode, then they could be one step away from suicide. Why? At that moment, they don't talk anymore. You don't know how they think. You think, oh, they all calmed down. No, they all went inside to see that, oh, nobody's helping me, nobody cares, nobody understands me. My anger, my anxiousness, my anxiety, all of this is, is useless because I cannot win. And that, that moment when they withdraw, it's, it's one step away from, from possible suicide. And you can see it easily when they're trying to smile, but their smile is a sad one is a one of surrendering mm. you can see it in any picture okay so is there i guess what is something that a family member can do um not as a therapist but just you know you see the early warning signs what are things that you can do to help so the only thing that these uh, these kids or adults they want is they want not to suffer anymore okay they don't want to be in pain anymore now how can you guarantee to someone that they're not going to be in pain what i do is that i teach them life strategies so what does that mean i teach them relationship skills most people in depression they feel hurt by someone they feel hurt by their parents by their partners, by their, you know, kids. They always feel hurt by someone. So I teach them relationships, how to see how other people are thinking. And they have absolute different values. For example, for you, Gypsy, we just talked before the show that you are a person that, you know, wants freedom, appreciates and values freedom, right? Now, if a man is imposing on you, it's like, no, 
stay home and raise kids and be a homestay mom, that will put you in depression. Yeah. Very simple, right? Yeah. So here you need to understand that, listen, if this is what you want, a barefoot pregnant in the kitchen wife, I am not the right person for you. I value freedom. These kind of things you see, when we meet people, we all think they think like us. And there are four types of men and four types of women in the world. And they all think differently. But there are only four types and four types. It's not a thousand. It's not a million. You're not going to be one of a, oh, I'm one in a billion. No, you're not. You're only one of a four types of men or four types of women. You cannot be any other. Knowing how everybody values life, how everybody's thinking before they say it. Because they might not know what they're thinking and what they want from life, right. right? This will save you a tremendous amount of pain and trouble in relationships with people. You're not going to get heartbroken. You're not going to get betrayed. You're not going to get abandoned, right? So here is you prevent to ever getting into the suffering mode, to ever be depressed. This is exactly what we're teaching. So when... Say so you you said um if you can ask someone you know if they want to get out of the depression that they're in, and they tell you yes, but you can't really figure out the actions, or you're not really seeing them take the actions to kind of pull themselves out. How do you continue to try to um either help that person, or what are the, what what do you tell that person? So to be honest with you, we um, reject about eight to nine out of 10 people that come to us to overcome depression. Mm -hmm. We reject them because they expect another person to do the work. Exactly like the therapist. Oh, listen to my story. I know your story. You've been in suffering mode. Do you want to change it? Do not be next year, in next three months in the suffering mode. That's all I care about. Or they expect that one pill, one realization, okay, that's going to change everything. There are a lot of realizations you need to get out of depression, okay? There are a lot of steps. And yes, some of them, they say, yes, I want to, I want to, I want to, but I don't see that they're actually involved. So what happens most of the times with clients that we're taking, that's why we're taking a lot of nurses and therapists, they know everything that doesn't work. They have tried everything that doesn't work. So they, when they come to us, they come surrendered. Like, listen, I've tried everything. I saw this doesn't work, that doesn't work, that doesn't work. I'm, I'm ready to take a leap of faith, right? Tell me something I don't know. And I start with everything that they don't know. And it's hard for a person that's been through so much pain and suffering and they have a certain idea about life to learn the game of life from the beginning. I mean, I'm not joking. We'd like teach them how to walk in the game of life. Everything is new. It's like, oh my God, there's so much information. I had to redo it. I'm like, it was just a three minute video. <laughs> okay. <laughs> three minutes. I mean, how much information can I give you in three minutes? Relax. Okay. Like, oh my god, I need to watch it again and again. I was like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. We have a, a long list of videos, even longer, right? right? So all the time they feel overwhelmed by the 
how should I say, the, the new of information, right? Mm -hmm. Things that they never knew, that they were never taught. Like, if I would have known this, I'm like, I know. If I would have known this when I would have been a teenager, I would have never been depressed, suicidal, right? Any of that. But nobody taught us. They all taught us that it's fine to suffer, that it's fine to be hurt. It's going to be okay. No, it's not going to be okay. None of these children that are depressed today, they, they don't want to know staying divorced for 10 years, uh, breaking marriages, being heartbroken. Just give me the secrets of life. Tell me what to do to have a beautiful life. I want to be happy. That's all they want. I mean, imagine, it's like, they don't, you don't even buy these days something that takes more than three clicks. This is how fast you want to, to succeed. Not to stay stranded in some kind of anchors of pain and suffering that your grandmother did. Okay, so things like this that we are trying to, um, we do have people with depression. A lot of them are not ready because they're still set up in the old mode. But the idea here, if you can prevent it, if you can make sure you don't get there, okay, yes, it's preventable even for kids age six. It's my youngest customer. It's age six. Mm -hmm. Wow. Age six. I feel so young to even know what depression is. Exactly. But it's not young enough to say that he wants to die and he wish he would never be born. Wow. Here we go. Wow. Right? This is how we actually figured out that we have a problem. <laughs> right? So things like this, if you know, a lot of people are, you know, crosses their mind that I wish I would have never been born. I wish I would have, you know, um, you know, not live in this kind of family, not live with these toxic people. Everything is possible with the right guidance. Everything is possible with the right guidance. And many of our resources are even for free just to give people the, the excitement of just go to the right direction, see how it works for you. And then if you need more help, no problem. We, we're there to help you. But don't quit on yourself. Don't think that, oh, it's got to be this way. You know, my marriage doesn't work, but I just have to grin and bear it. No, it will affect your children. Don't grin and bear it. Or I'm divorced. I'm never going to find love again. Great opportunity now that you're free to see what you want in life and to find the love that you've always been seeking for. It's not time to quit now. It's time to restart now. That's what divorce is, right? Or a lot of young people, they don't know who they want and how to find their right partner. No problem. Here it is, the formula. We're just going to manifest. You don't manifest anything with no strategies. You don't know how to keep your manifestation if you have not the right strategies, right? So mm -hmm. things like this, that, how should I say, we do want that magic pill, but we don't want to work for two hours to figure it out, you know, what is the right formula sometimes? And sometimes it's just like two, three hours of like, oh, I just got it. And you got it for the rest of your life. You don't get it only for the next five minutes. And this is why it's so important to teach people how to fish, not to catch them with fish, right? Because they're only going to eat once yeah. if you catch a fish for them. If you teach them how to fish, they'll never be hungry. How often have you, um, I guess speaking of fish, how often have you 
found um, one of your clients' um, depression to be a little parallel with their diet? We do recommend a specific diet for depression. Uh, we do recommend even fasting for certain types. There are five emotional wounds in depression, and one of the emotional wounds uh, gives people uh, to be overweight. It's called the humiliation or embarrassment wound. And it's where you actually end up overweight because of um, you're trying to cover up your pain and you actually cover it up in, in fat. Your metabolism slows down. So yes, the emotional wounding has repercussion on your, uh, on your health. Each of the emotional wounds will give you a different type of disease and different types of cancers. So this is number one that gives you overweight and, um, and, and pancreatic problems, diabetes and stuff like that. And there is another one that will give you problems with your glands and will give you problems uh, with, um, it's the abandonment one, with your liver. Liver is an organ in your gland, so internal organs. Because of these two emotional wounds connected to depression, we suggest keto diet. And we suggest fasting, either intermittent fasting, okay? But please understand that these are only helping about 25% for those who have these wounds. It helps with their depression about 25%. Now, you might think that a lot of people are like, oh, I'm happy. I'm like, you think you are because you've never seen happiness. You're only happy 25%, <laughs> right? So there are a lot of other strategies to you know to 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 continue but for people that they've never seen happiness 25 percent is a lot <laughs> right yeah. they're just thinking that oh i i caught the right diet and i'm just happy i'm like no 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 it's just about 25 percent. you fixed it you still have a lot more to fix um the idea here is not to get tied up i mean you can do diets and things like that for your health but not to get tied up with this to the rest of your life. You don't have to be linked to anything for your happiness, not to a person, not to a diet, not to a habit, not to an addiction, not to coffee, not to smoking, right? With nothing, not to even your kids, you don't have to be tied up for your happiness. Your happiness needs to come from within when you are fully emotionally balanced and when you found true love within yourself because otherwise you're just going to find people that love you halfway because you love them halfway. Mm -hmm. So this is the whole idea. Diet is important for some emotional wounding, but it's not the only thing. You mentioned habits and substances. There's some studies about uh, psilocybin mushrooms helping with um, depression. Um, what's your opinion on those type of um, remedies or treatment? <laughs> So you would think that they're remedies, right? Um, don't depend on things. Right. Okay. Don't depend on things. Everybody, you know, would consider, for example, depression as a mental illness. I do not consider depression as a mental illness. I cannot say that a six-year-old child is mentally ill. Okay. Or that I was mentally ill at the age of 12 or, you know, things like that. Nevertheless, the emotional balance and the emotional pain is changing the way you think, mm -hmm. right? So if you think like that, it does change your brain into a negativity part 
where the first thing you say is no, I cannot. Or the second thing you say, I can, but, right? So here is how we teach strategies, how to not fall into these mind traps. There are about 17 mind traps that a person will stay in suffering and pain. And once you identify all these mind traps, you catch yourself. It's like, oh, what did I say? No. The first thing came to my mouth is no. How about I change it from now on? I just say yes. I'll figure it out later if it's not right. Yes. Right. Or I make decisions instead of worrying for days and months. If I should make this decision, I just make a decision and I go with it. And if I have to fix it, I have time to fix it. I didn't wait for months to make a decision. Right. So all of these things we, we're, we're teaching people how to befriend their mind. Because this is one thing that happens in with people in depression or they're slipping into, you know, heartbroken towards depression. They cannot connect between their heart and their mind. Their heart tells them one thing and their mind comes with a defense mechanism and tells them another thing. And until you don't get to full alignment, you don't get out of this situation. Your heart needs to be the queen of your life, not to be hurt, not to put boundaries, not to build resilience, nothing like that. The heart needs to be the queen of your life and your mind needs to be the worker, needs to be the servant that does what your heart wants to do, right? So in case of Gypsy here, right, if your heart tells you that freedom, that traveling is is number one value of my life and your mind says no you have to have five kids and stay home and do this and do that no wonder you're going to end up depressed right so you need to follow what you want and that doesn't mean it's not going to change later on in life right at any point of your life you can change you said okay i got enough traveling you know but now it's even complicated with covid i don't want to you know complicate myself how about i settle down and i have five kids okay but you need to make these decisions not to be pushed into it or not to be pushed by the society into it or by others you need to learn how to master your game of life not to play like a peon on somebody else's game of life because when you play on somebody else's game of life you're disposable how risky is it to use music to um, when um, dealing with depression? Don't even listen to sad music. <laughs> you don't keep you in depression. I didn't realize this, you know, because I was I was born depressed, right? So I lived twenty seven years in depression, and you know, um, I, I was with my son the other like two months ago. I was on on the road with my son, and I just put the music on. Like, what do you do on the road when you're traveling from Chicago to Florida or something? Right? You put the music on. Yeah. My son kept turning off the music. I'm like, it's music. It's not even a commercial. It's not even, why do you turn it off? Mom, he's depressed. Mm. I haven't even noticed. Mm-hmm. I have not noticed there's some songs that are depressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a child who got out of depression at the age of eight. He's about 14 and a half now. He can see the difference. You can imagine but he will never slip in depression now that he can see the difference between a depressed song mm. and a not depressed song. Yeah. Right? 
So things like this, be very mindful of the people around you, of what you're listening to, of what you hear, of who mentors you, what kind of therapist you go to. Are they depressed too? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, ask them. Like, how did you have a depression? What are the skills that you would you have to teach me? Not stay there and keep talking about your sad story. In our healing programs, for example, I don't allow people to write down sad stories. Okay? No, no, it's okay. Write down your success story. How did you right now figure it out that the story is with the past one is gone in the past? And now we can change things for the future. Talk about your successes. Talk about your accomplishment, not about what keeps you down. So be very mindful of what kind of music you're listening to. Okay. That's good to know. Um, sorry, I had a question in mind and I lost it. Um, you good? Okay. So what are, um, as far as to, if you know that you have someone that is possibly suicidal, how do you, or you don't know if they're suicidal, but they are in a pretty deep depression that, you know, as far as, and you're close to them, let's say that, you know, you're pretty close to them and you want to help, but you just don't really want to tell the person exactly what they need to hear. The therapist may not tell them exactly what they need to hear, or they may not be telling the therapist everything that therapists need to hear. And for therefore the therapist is, you know, maybe not telling them what they need to hear. If you've ever noticed that from outside a person's life and they're close to you, how do you really take a few steps closer or how do you, you know, without, like I said, you, you're still not quite sure if this person is suicidal, but you do know that they are in denial of a low in life. Yeah. So the first thing that we're not educated about, and this is one of the reasons why we have a tremendous amount of free resources on our website. People don't understand that pain and suffering is removable. It's exactly like the trash in your house where you have a trash can. Okay, you fill it up. At some point, you take it out. You're not going to keep trash in your house forever and ever because you're going to end up with rats. Very simple, right? It's going to stink. You're not going to be able to stay in that house for too long. You're going to have bugs, right? So this is the first thing that I didn't know that a lot of people do not know is that pain is removable. Because when you go to a suicidal mode, you think the only way to remove your pain from your heart is to kill yourself. So think about it. They are in so much pain, they can't take it anymore. And they're thinking that, oh my God, if I kill myself, this pain is over. And they don't know that the pain is removable with you keeping your life. So this is the first thing that they do not know. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. I commend podcasters like you that, you know, they, of course, you don't want to have shows about depression and suicide. 
but you raise awareness with these kind of conversations and you in a way educate people out there for people like me but listen even if you have a tremendous amount of suffering and trust me i was suicidal since 19 and a half right that doesn't mean that your pain and suffering is not removable now the next question is do you truly want to remove it because a lot of people consider that their their pain defines them that they are pain that they are suffering and they're not ready to remove it and in this case i say you need to suffer some more because at some point when you get rock bottom like i did at the age of 38 that close to dying with an eight and a half year old home with you know i didn't have a father for him and stuff like that you know when i hit that rock bottom i said that's it <laughs> this is this is not a game that i'm going to win this way i need to change the strategy of this game right and i found the right people that mentored me and i found the right direction right but this is the first thing that, that people don't know is that this suffering is emotional wounding can be removed now it's usually better to answer your question to deflect not to interfere directly why because let's say that it's your best friend or it's somebody you know that you just met at the grocery store stuff like that you haven't proved to them that you can fix this for them you haven't proved it so they have no reason to trust you mm -hmm. right so i'm known as an anti-depression expert for a reason because this is what i do and when people say anti-depression what that means what do you think that means say it again <laughs> right so just oh i didn't even know that's a word oh you might not know a lot of things about living you might know a lot of things about suffering but not about living right so here it's easier to deflect attention so i tell people just send them to me just send them to a free course if they are signing up for a free course which is zero involvement right you can do it or you cannot do it it's zero money right if they finish that course i know at the end they finished it and i know they're that close to taking action if they're not that means they're not interested that already they already quit and you can push it and try to explain to them as much as possible it's not going to work right now what we do sometimes I have to travel sometimes for suicidal teenagers that already tried suicide, they failed, and now their parents are desperate, right? So sometimes I have to go there and travel, and you will be surprised that there is no words that the parents can say to them to convince them of anything. And I come in, and in less than an hour, they're registered in a program, and they're doing live videos with me just because sometimes when you see that somebody has succeeded from the outside and they know more than your friend and parents and they can really help you, you cling to them. But if a family didn't prove to you that they can help you, why would they listen to the family? Yeah, especially when they know you've went through a similar situation. 
how often do you see um, a depressed person kind of de- um, infect the others around them? Maybe you know transfer their depression to, I guess, the mom or it's transferable. Parents. All the time, it's transferable. There are some people that uh, they can take it, depends on their energy, but most people don't know how to shield themselves from it. So you'll be surprised that in a depressed family, um, where you know. 90% of them are depressed. <laughs> okay. 90% of them are depressed and they don't even know it. Okay. They're angry or anxious or they have anxiety or they have some kind of form of fighting against it and we don't even realize it. Right. There are some people that they're not. They have a different level of energy. They have a different higher up energy and they cannot get depressed. But those are people who don't understand why everybody else is depressed. Because we're just a different level, right? Mm. So here is how we, 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 we try to bridge the differences, okay? To see, does that person want to get out of depression? Yes. Do they really want to or they just say so, right? Because it affects, and it affects a lot with children. It affects 90% of uh, girls that have a depressed mother will be depressed. And the other 10% will be angry, super angry, Amazonic women. But I can do it all and I don't need anybody around. And that's another, another shield of depression, another level of it, right? Where you are deflecting your pain and you're going towards anger. About 50% of a boys from a depressed family become depressed. The other 50%, they run away. They're just like, forget about this family. I'm, I'm out, right? <laughs> But um, about 50%, they do get depressed, also depending on their energy, which we're teaching. There are two different energies in male and females. One is Bambi, one is Godzilla. When you're Godzilla, you're going to be more anxious, more angry, and you're going to not pay attention to your depression. I was one of those, right? So I had to admit I'm depressed at the age of 38, even if I knew that since the age of seven. I just lied to myself right because that was the type of energy is like just bulldozer out of life right just fight with life until life knocks you out you can't fight with life right you need to surf with life you need to learn some skills to play with a wave not to go against it because you're gonna drown at some point right so uh, the bambi energy though the other level of energy which i see all the time one heartbreak, man, one heartbreak, and it puts them in depression automatically, okay? Not if they don't even need the, like three or four heartbreaks in their lifetime. Just one is enough. And those children are extremely suicidal, so that's a different type of energy for male and females. We teach them how to change energies, how to dance the proper way so they will never be hurt. We give them solutions before the challenge happens. So we practically tell parents and adults, this is what you do if this happens. But it never happened. Doesn't matter. If it happens, this is what you need to do. And then they come to me after a couple of months, how did you know this is going to happen? I didn't know it's going to happen. (laughs) I just gave you the solution before the challenge occurs. Why? It's very important to understand that kids, adults, if you know the solution before the challenge occurs, everything changes. So let's 
let's say, you know, here that your partner is going to cheat on you. Maybe it's happened, maybe it doesn't. How do you know? Right? If you know as a man that your partner is going to cheat on you, that your woman is going to cheat on you, you know exactly what to do. I give you the solution. You leave her. You don't stay there. You have been disrespected for the rest of your life. Nothing you do, not for the kids, not for the house, not for the money, it's not going to bring you back that respect. Now, if you're a woman and your husband cheated on you or your men cheated on you, you still have 20% of fixing this marriage if you want to, depending on what level of energy do you want to get into. You want to be a Bambi? No problem. You do the crying work. Oh, my God, he cheated on me. I love him so much. If you can do that, go for it. You are a strong woman. You say, listen, you cheat on me. You want me back? Yes, I really love you. I want you back. Okay. Everything you have, it's on my name. If you cheat on me again, you're down on the streets. Oh, no, I cannot do that. Then you're not serious. Have a nice day. Bye. I'm leaving. Right? Mm -hmm. So you need to know in every situation, when your kid is angry, when your husband is angry, when your wife is angry, you need to know what's the proper way of handling the situation. So when the problem occurs, you got it. You're not suffering. You're not heartbroken. You're not, you know, stay there for ages, going divorce courts for two to five years to argue about things. No, honey. Okay, you have a consistency column. You want to be very consistent and don't want to change anything. I'm in the variety column. I want to be happy. I want to travel. I want freedom. Listen, let's just go together with no lawyers and nothing and just divorce. We're two different frequencies here, okay? I respect you. You respect me. Doesn't work together. That's fine. No pain, no hurt. So this is, this is how we succeed to teach people not only how to find their partner or how to keep their marriage or how to make their kids happy or, you know, get out of depression or things like that. We teach them real life skills, how it is supposed to be, not how you think or how you heard from grandma with a horrible marriage or how you heard from your uncle who was being cheated by his wife or all kind of cuckoo people, broken people, they give you advice and really messed up your value system, your way of thinking, your way of loving, your way of being afraid of love, right? And then you attracted all these pain and hurt into your life. And then you just thought, what, what just happened? I have a golden heart and I can't find somebody who loves me. Mm -hmm. And it's a defense mechanism if you think about it, because a lot of people come to me, it's like, oh, no, no, I will never look for love anymore. I'm like, really? Do you really want to live like this? Do you really want to live such a sad life with not finding the right partner just because you're afraid of it? What if the right partner is just around the court? I have a client who found the right partner five houses down <laughs> in her neighborhood, living there for over 12 years together in the same neighborhood. Okay? I mean, how ridiculous was that? She was just afraid of, love. I'm afraid of dating. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid I was heartbroken. I was, no, 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 no. And when she starts to say, yes, 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 it's like, you can't believe it. It's like, what? I found my right partner. Where? Five houses down the house. We walk from one house to another. Like that was hard. <laughs> we actually talked to someone that was that had three husbands 
die on her. No, um, she got remarried. No, it was three. I thought it was only two. Yeah, it was three oh. husbands. And I was like, wow, she actually found the courage to get remarried multiple times after it's not like she got a divorce like her husband died and she still found the you know she still had faith in in finding the right person for her yes and that's the right type of strategy and skills yeah you know that these people ended their life they ended their lessons in life i'm still here i still have a lot to learn i'm still willing to open my heart to to i guess to go back a little bit on the um, spouse, the cheating situation, even the separation thing. And it's more, I guess, tips for even a real life scenario that I know that's going on right now with a lot of people not able to get the divorce. The other person won't sign the papers. You're, you're depressed because you're stuck in a relationship because the other person refuses to sign the papers so that both of you can go your separate ways you don't know how to approach them you don't know how to give them what they want and trust me they do not want the money or the house or you they, think that's what they want right they, they, okay. they prefer to see but you don't know how suffer. to give them the, 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 the permission to be happy separate so this is this is one of the reasons why on our website we have we have opened um, a couple of weeks ago a specific, um, you can call it service if you want, um, a dialogue. Ask Anna one question. So you can actually text me the question you have. And we have, I think, four videos. We keep putting some more all the time with the major mistakes people make in life before they ask a relationship expert what they should do. Right. And actually, I'm answering that question for free. I usually send emails with a little YouTube link of three to five minutes and I tell them exactly what to do and what the next step is. You don't know how to ask properly. You don't understand that the other person wants something different than they say. Mm -hmm. Out of pain, we hurt people, sometimes intentionally sometimes unintentional. So we had a client who was in divorce for like a year and a half and he was like, oh my God, my wife took my house, took my dog, took my kids. She lives with her boyfriend in the house. I'm out on the streets for a year and a half we're fighting in court. He's like, why do I have to learn all this relationship thing that you put me through? I'm like, listen, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Within, I don't know, two months after he finished, the wife left the house, his house, with a boyfriend, left the kid, the dog, the house, everything to him back. Mm-hmm. He only did a relationship course. I did not have divorce courses. I'm not a lawyer. I did not go to court to argue with his wife. I don't know who she is. Mm. Okay. This is what it's possible. When you understand the other side in a different way, when you look at your problem from a different perspective, and I tell people all the time, you're looking at the problem like a bulldozer, like trying to fight with it. If you look at it from the sides, you can easily corner anybody and they'll just run away from you. They're not bulldozer you. 
right? So little things like this, I said, we're working backstage. We're working backstage, <laughs> right? You go to divorce and fight over lawyer as much as you want and then see how you can accomplish everything by working backstage. So that's, that's a problem here. They don't know what the other person wants. They, they see only the anger of the other person has. They don't understand the anger of the other person. They don't know how to communicate properly. And sometimes it's, it's super, super simple. Sometimes it's just a matter of, maybe you should call it release of energy, of, 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 of letting it go. We had a client. She was a CEO of a big company. And she comes, um, she calls me. It's like, you have one week to solve my marriage. I have a divorce papers in my hand and I'm just going to shove it down this front of my husband. It's a horrible husband. And I'm like, okay, I need three days in the CEO of company, whatever. <laughs> okay. So in less than two days, her marriage was perfect. Six weeks after she calls me, and she is like, I think I messed up. Like, what did you do? Well, you know, I fired a guy that was working for us for 15 years. And your husband heard this. Yes. And how long did it took you to fire? Two minutes. Oh. And you're married for nine years of your husband. So if it took you two minutes to fire somebody that you're working with for 15 years, do you see how your husband might think that might take one minute to fire him? Specifically, that you're still holding those divorce paper in the closet. Oh, oh my God. Uh-huh. <laughs> Little things like this that she didn't realize that by what her husband heard on the phone, it scared him. And he immediately think changed. So what we did is like, you take the divorce papers. You throw it down the garbage and then you apologize to your husband that you wanted to divorce six weeks ago. She did that. That was it. I never heard from her for over a year. Everything is perfect. Sometimes just letting go of that anger and understanding that, listen, you know, the, the other person, I fired someone, but they interpret things differently, even if it had nothing to do with them. It scared the hell out of them, right? Mm -hmm. If you behave like this with somebody so long, how are you going to behave with me, right? Little things like this that we don't understand how they build resentment, anger in relationships, and they start cracking it up piece by piece by piece by piece. And then no wonder after a few years you end up to divorce courts and arguing about nothing. After all, what's such a big deal? You know, I want to be free. You want to be free. We don't get along anyway. So what does it really matter here if we're signing some divorce papers or not, right? But if you don't know how to communicate properly, you don't know what they want, no wonder you find yourself in these kind of traps. Yeah. And a lot of these traps have to do with children yeah. that are the ones getting depressed. So I remember we had, um, we had a client which kid was, I think, 12 years old at the time. And he calls me, he's like, my kid is suicidal and depressed. And I'm like, okay, all right. I don't understand why, you know, he has everything and we have a great family. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, so uh, when is the last time you slept with your wife? Uh, 
Why does this matter? Just tell me the last time you slept with your wife. Uh, about eight years ago. Wow. And you're wondering why your kid is suicidal? He's never seen love, man. Mm. He's never seen love. But I have a great relationship with her. We never argue. No, you just have resentment. You can't even touch yourselves one to another. That kid doesn't know that love exists. immediately he figured out it's like and and you have to make peace with your wife one way or another either separate or together but just be happy both of you be happy show the kid that happiness exists doesn't matter if you're married or not immediately change your perspective immediately because it's easy to fool ourselves that we'll do everything for children it's very easy to do that when we're actually harming them more without realizing. When you realize it, of course you're going to do the right thing. Right thing, he did the right thing for him, for his wife, and for the kid. He did the right thing for all three. You can't express how happy do you feel when you're succeeding to do the right thing for everybody and everybody's in a great relationship and great friendship together and everybody has the permission to be happy the way they want to and they're not engaged in pain, suffering and zero existing in love. Life without love is a very sad life, guys. It's very sad. Well, before we get ready to close, um, close it out, would you like to leave um, or share with our listeners links um, to your work and to your website and everything so that they can contact you? Or any upcoming projects as well. Yeah, so we have a, we have a website called betteraskanna with one n.com. On that particular website, betteraskanna with one n.com, um, we have two free classes for healthy relationships and for parenting teenagers. We have courses, free courses for overcoming depression for children and adults. And we have this particular service that I was talking to you about, about better ask me one question. I will answer for free. Just wait a little bit. Then, you know, get yourself into situations that will put you in depression, that will give you heartbreak, that will, you know, mess up your life forever. Okay. Um, because you just follow broken people's advice. Because this is how it is. You follow broken people's advice, right? Yeah. So we have all of this on this website, betteraskanna1n.com. If you have a question, you can, you can um, just text us the question. We'll email you the answer with a little YouTube video or audio file or something, whatever I can do, right? We have free courses. We have free classes. We're here to raise awareness that you don't have to suffer no matter what level you are. You're before depression, you're after depression, you're during depression, you, you have a teenager kid that has a problem, or maybe younger than a teenager, or you have been heartbroken, or you can't find love in your life. If you start with everything as building amazing family relationships, if you start with that, of finding true love, of not being afraid of abandonment and betrayal, this is it, this is game over. Nothing can ever hurt you again. So this is why we have this particular website with everything for free. 
All you have to do is just go to betteraskanna1n.com. Choose, take them all. <laughs> it's okay, I'm not here. <laughs> but for free anyway, use all the services we have for free. Why not? Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> take them all, whatever you think you need. Just don't quit on love and don't live in suffering. That's it. We appreciate all the great tips you've shared with us today. Yes, and it was a pleasure having you and really, really do appreciate all of the, the tips because they're going to help our listeners and a lot of other people as well, even us. Thank you guys for being here. You're raising a lot of awareness that we can live a different type of life, not my life, right? Not the life of pain and suffering and hurt. We can we can really live a different life. So thank you for being here. We appreciate you. We also appreciate our listeners. I'd like to say thank you. And you can find the podcast at americangypsy.com. And we also have consistent self-improvement merch at luamli.com. And all the information we mentioned will be in the description so you don't have to worry about memorizing it. We also have some music at Classic, K-L-A-C-C-I-K, and that's Carpenter, C-A-R-P-E-N-T-A. It's on Spotify, iTunes, Tidal, YouTube, um, multiple platforms or all major platforms. Thank you again to all our listeners. Thank you again, Anna, and consistent self-improvement to everyone. Peace. Peace.